And yes, there's so much stuff to navigate. There's so much confusion. There's so much opinion. That's like going through the clouds and we're trying to navigate it and doing our best. And he's saying, I want you to come up to where it's clear because then you can get my heart and my perspective. And it's very different than when you're getting bumped around in those clouds. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Studio Podcast. First of all, just want to say thanks for listening. We are excited to get this podcast up and running. If you are new to Studio, we are a church in Greenville, South Carolina. Our heart is to create a place where God and people meet so beautiful things can happen and beautiful things are created. So thanks for listening. And with that, let's get right to it. Awesome. Well, it is now time to introduce... Candace. But before you come up, obviously I'm slightly biased um, in many ways, but I just want to share something real quick. Um, one of the things you're going to learn a lot about Candace is she cared about people a lot. Like she could care less about pretty much anything except for people. And it's one of her greatest strengths and it's one of the valuable things that she brings to this environment. And this is why this is not a pastor and his wife scenario. This is, if, if, if she's the pastor's wife, I'm the pastor's husband. That's how we look at it. And, and all sincerely. We made a commitment 10 years ago that we wanted to change the narrative for us in regards to what does it mean to be co-lead pastors together. Now, someday we may share some of the early days. It was a rough go for the first three or four years. And it was largely because I had to relearn some things. It had nothing to do with her. It was all me. Actually, it was partly her, but it was mostly me. <laughs> Is that true? It was both of us, but probably 95% my issues. But the whole idea of co-leading and co-lead pastoring is something that is so deeply important to us. So I just want to say publicly from here, this is not a pastor and his wife scenario. It is not that. We have both have given our life to what we're doing, and we're just honored to be doing this with you guys. And so what Candace brings today is really who she is, and I'm very excited. I get excited whenever my wife preaches because I love her so much, and she still makes me laugh to this day. But with that, Candace, why don't you come on up and why don't we welcome my wife as she comes. Thank you. Eric did a good job taking ownership over some of our early times of figuring out co-pastoring. No, <laughs> it was a journey and we will share about it sometime because it's just part of partnership, you know, doing life together and it's such a gift and it sounds awesome, and then you do it. And um, you guys know it, there's people sitting around you, whether you are married, whether you have housemates, it's relationship. And then talking about the offering with Rodney Howard Brown, the $50, it's funny, in that moment, I remember going, we could really give $50. <laughs> you know, it was like at that season of life, and it's just funny how things change, but we're all just called to give what we have. And that's what we had at that time, and it's funny now, that right now, that would be like, oh, I don't think that would be that big of a sacrifice, and at that time, it was like, I think we could do it. I mean, we'll just see what happens. God will provide where there's nothing anymore. So just awesome what the Lord brings us through. So good to be here with you guys. Oh, I love it. This is fun. Fun to be a part of a forming family. I can feel just the tenderness in the room. I can feel the um, passion in the room as well. And that's a gift to be around people who are passionate about the Lord. 
because I can feel the heart of God in this room. So tonight I get to be week four of Future Ready and I'm talking about something so simple, simple. It's growing into the future. So I, sometimes I feel like, oh Lord, it should be so more profound than that. But I could feel his heart, like he loves us so much. We have to grow, we have to grow. And so tonight we're gonna to talk about simple things, but sometimes the most simple things are the most profound because if they were not, if they were so easy to do, we would be doing them, you know? And it's, it's easy to read in the word, it's easy to hear or read in a book, and then it's another thing to live it out, you know? So we're just, I hope tonight would be encouraging. I hope tonight that you feel challenged and that you feel invited into um, something new that God has for us. I wanted to take a moment and just share a family, some family photos with you because Eric and I moved here without our daughters, which is the first time in our life we've ever lived, just as him and I. But this is the whole of us, these other two humans that came from us. And um, here we are looking kind of nicer on the bottom. Next to me is my daughter, our daughter, Kennedy. She's our oldest, she's 22. And they've come to visit a few times, they'll come more. We pray maybe they come more. Um, <laughs> and then Eric and I, and then on the left of Eric is our daughter, Sayla. She's our younger 20-year-old. And they're both in Reading, just pursuing God, doing life, having fun, you know, doing what you do when you're 20 and 22. So we are super proud of them. And then up on this um, upper side, you can just see that's kind of who we are too. So <laughs> you might not see that on the stage all the time, but you hang out with us, you'll see that. So this is our family. This is who the Johnsons are. And um, yeah, we're just thankful for what God has given us. So we did, Eric opened up Future Ready series. If you didn't catch all of them, like you said, the podcasts are great ways to just stay connected to everything. I thought Eric opened up beautifully. Sometimes we don't know, what do you say? The future you were born for is one you don't know exists yet. How many could say in this room, I'm like... Yes, I, I, I resonate with that. You know, and then the second week, he did a really good job talking about just the power of choice. Like we can choose courage or we can choose fear. And we get, it's very, very apparent how different roads those take us down right now. And then Tanasha's word, I think I'm still chewing on it in my spirit right now, <laughs> was beautiful last week. If you missed Tanasha's, I highly recommend going and listening to it just about just the father's love for us and about being sons and daughters and that he wants to build the future with his sons and daughters. And it's important that we get the opportunity to lean in and take our place as sons and daughters and not, not just servants, not just friends, and not just soldiers. Because you live so much differently when you're a son or daughter because you know who you are, you know what authority you have. I've watched my kids walk around the church for years. I'm like, oh yeah, they knew who their parents are. <laughs> It's just different, you know, when you don't know. And so tonight I really felt, actually it's been for a long time since we launched the church. This has been brewing around in my heart, just this desire and feeling the Father's heart for us to grow because he loves us so much. And I can feel the highlight of God in this season on a lot of the people in this room, but also I can see it on families and um, you can feel it in Greenville. I mean, even there was a post, you can see it on, I think it's YGVL is, um, is, I think there's a screenshot of it. There's a post about top 10 Greenville. Um, I know we got on the list of the high, the friendliest city. Brittany, do you have that slide for the, 
the wide Greenville, top 10, coolest towns in America, best places to live, underrated cities for art lovers, um, parks in US, and it has all the different um, places that those were listed. Work-life balance is easy to achieve in Greenville SC. And then this is my favorite part on the bottom. This is not at a church. This is not the Lord said. This is just in an Instagram post. From here, you can change the world. That is hovering over this place. I don't know if you can feel it, but it's hovering over us. There's so much potential for us. And all we have to do is just continue to lean in. But we get a choice. Like we can just live here and let other people lead with vision. We can let other people create. But even as they're creating, I drive around this city and I'm like, oh, we need solutions. We need solutions. What's happening to the people as things are being built? What's happening to the community that's been here for a long time as hundreds and thousands of people are moving in here all the time? I mean, there's some real dynamics going on and there's some brilliant people who are already on the scene. And then God has brought us here. Like, Lord, what's our place? What's our space? But for us to be the solution and for us to bring solutions, we have to be willing to, to grow up in love, grow up in wisdom, and grow up in truth. So we really get to be a big part, deciding factor of who we become in the future. See, God is good. He doesn't waste anything, right? I mean, we all have different stories, and I'm thankful that he doesn't waste anything. But we get a choice on how we respond. See, there's this quote by John Maxwell, which if you haven't read any of his stuff, I highly recommend. He's a great, a lot of great books on leadership. I think we all, we are all, we are all leaders. But awesome quote by John Maxwell, change is inevitable, growth is optional. You know, we're always changing. It's how, it's how God created us. We're, we're actually born into the world, extremely developed. It's fascinating. We have a friend having a baby. I think they're being induced in the morning. Super exciting. But the baby's gonna come out and the lungs, are, the lungs are developed, the eyes are developed, the heart's developed, it's so cool. But yet, you need to take care of the baby in all regards because it still needs to develop a ton more. We were created to grow, we were created to change. But at some point, it's not just eating and sleeping and feeding our babies. We get the choice well, how much we want to do the work to grow. You go to sleep, you wake up, you go to sleep, you eat, you wake up. But for us to grow in our spirit, for us to grow in our mind, for us to grow in our emotions and every area in our heart, we actually get the opportunity to lean in. And so tonight I'm going to talk about just some simple things that we can do just to encourage us as we're on this journey. Because I think that life is just, about, just as much about the journey as it is where we end up. <laughs> Because yeah, one day, you know, we, we will eat, reach the end of our life. But the choices we make along the way will dictate what we look like when we get there. And then what impact we have while we're on the earth. And I feel the heart of God saying, grow, let's grow up. It's time to grow up. You can't stay where you were yesterday. He has, he has such a heart for us. You know, I had a prophetic word years ago that resonated with me. And even I feel his heart through this prophetic word right now. And the prophetic word was, Candace, I see you as the maid of honor to the bride of Christ. He said, do you know what the maid of honor does? And I'm like, oh, well, maid of honor to the bride of Christ? That's odd. But the bride of Christ is church. The church, you know who the church is? Raise your hand. 
it's you, it's me, it's us, it's people. It's, it's so much easier to think church is people. Okay, here we are, we're the church. But the maid of honor gets the bride ready and makes her beautiful. I'm like, oh, that's my heart. I can feel the heart of God over your life as I sit here and look at you. And so my prayer is that you just hear the Lord. I pray that he speaks to you tonight while I'm spending time just sharing what he's put on my heart. I'm going to start in Ephesians 4, 4, 11 through 16. We're going to go really fast through this. As he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This is such a beautiful, powerful uh, set of verses. And it has a lot to do with God's heart for the church. It's the people who we are. But he wants us to grow up. And there's power, and I'll, I'll start breaking it down as we go along. But there's so much power in us gathering, but also partnering with each other. But it's time for us to grow up. I want to talk about the personal process of us growing up, which is funny that Tanash was talking about abide. But the process of growth and trust and I believe with the Lord, they're hand in hand, is if you don't trust the Lord, why would we draw near to him? You know, we talk about abiding in the Lord, but I believe that we get the opportunity to, as we, how we journey through life, what we partner with. And my encouragement with, my encouragement tonight is our process of growth and trust is first that we would walk through, second that we would abide, and third that we stand. So I wanna talk about walking through. So God always, if you, whenever I read the word, it's always about going through things. And we see it here in Isaiah. Isaiah 43 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. This is beautiful when you, for like for the Israelites, like, oh, God was with them. But they're going through waters, making reference to flames and burning. Those are really gnarly things that are really much more fun to read about than do. You know, but he didn't say that it wouldn't happen and that it didn't happen. That was never a promise. Like, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm following Christ and life is going to be smooth and easy. That is not any promise that I've ever seen in the Bible. But he did say that he would be with us. And I actually believe that's part of growing up is just getting the courage to go through. And it's not going around. The thing is what we do is when we don't want to go through, we distract ourselves. <laughs> Maybe I could just think about positive thoughts. Pollyanna, think happy thoughts. And it's all going to go. I'm like, mm, sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't change the reality that this is what's going on. And we just have to put one foot in front of the other. And we have a father that says, I'm going to be right there with you. And sometimes we want to shove. 
oh, I'm not, I'm, this is not what I'm experiencing. I'm not really mad. I'm not really angry. Yeah, you are. Do we have the courage to be honest with ourselves? Like if we're going to grow, remember, this is getting real. We're going to grow up. I feel the heart of God on this. Guys, we can't go around. We can't pretend and play games. It's time to be honest and honest with ourselves. That's when I, when I think about walking through, it's like, do we have the courage to be honest with ourselves and give ourselves permission to feel, to be real, and to let God take us through it? Can you say, I'm not going to go around? I'm going to go through. When we have the option, let's go through. But that's, that's me saying, hey, do you want to be uncomfortable? Yes, I love it. We are creatures of comfort. I've learned that more and more, especially as we moved across the country ourselves and then watching all of our, a lot of our friends and a lot of you move across the country. I just saw people lose a lot of their comfort. And we're like, <laughs> what do we do? Because it's uncomfortable. And it's what we do in those moments that I believe God can take us through. Or sometimes if we choose not to be present, then sometimes we just go around mountains a while. And so even though we gain age, like, oh, you grew, you went from 30 to 35 or 35 to 37. I got older, but I just kept going around mountains because I wasn't, I didn't have the courage to face what was really going on inside. Like, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. What if I do get burned? Could you... Do you think God's as scared of us if we were to be honest with him? No, he's not. Do you think he's surprised by how uncomfortable we are? No. I think we're just scared of ourselves. I'm scared of myself. I'll speak from experience. God's calling us to go through, guys. Next one is abide. Tanasha touched on this a little bit, but and I'm not even going to read the scripture. John 15, 1 through 4. I feel like even tonight, and she even mentioned the crushing of the spirit, I can feel a crushing in this room that I talked about comforts being taken away, that even some of you had more fruit in past seasons and that you're in a new season in a new space. You do not have the significance or the fruit that you had in your life. And I feel like it's for a lot of us, a season of stripping or in this one, you call it pruning. And that can feel bad, like to have less significance in the eyes of yourself or in your schedule. Or, I mean, it just is nice to be known and seen. But when we abide in Christ, then we get the opportunity to know his love and to learn to trust him at the deepest level. And when we can do that, what happens is when things get taken away, instead of it actually taken away of our life, it actually adds to us and adds capacity to us. Because you know what happens? Um, anybody plant fruit, fruit trees or do any kind of um, pruning? Well, I have planted a ton of them. I don't know how many we planted on our last property, but like 20 or 30. Yeah, 30. And um, they grow, you know, we had lemon trees. We had lots of trees, actually. Lemon trees. And after, you know, a couple of years, it's starting to grow more. And it gets a little scraggly. So I just start trimming off some of the branches to clean it up and so they're not rubbing against each other, which is taking away of the tree and it kind of looks ugly. But what was crazy is the next year, 
that tree was like fruit. I mean, I think there was over, it was a small tree. There was over a hundred lemons on it. It went crazy when I made room for, for more growth. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're sitting in here and you're like, I'm not even sure how I feel about my life right now. Like, I just know I'm a little confused. So I'm not sure if you want to call it stripping, pruning. I'm not even sure right now. I just want to say that the Lord is so good and trustworthy. If we could have the courage just to lean in and just stay with him. Tanash talked about staying in his love. But I believe he wants to grow our trust in him. Because in different places, we learn different things about God. But one thing is true is he doesn't violate his nature. He's always faithful. He's always loving. He's always trustworthy because he is truth. It's who he is. And the more that we can learn that, the things that, places that we can step into because of who we are. That's why I talk about, I started out saying, this area that we are in, that God's highlighting, that so much stuff is happening. The things that we could give when we trust the Lord and the places that we can walk, we don't have to be afraid. And then lastly, growing in, um, in trust is learning to stand. Watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. Let us have the courage to stand in faith. And even if you start to quiver, even if your lip's quivering and you, you want to run, but just standing, standing when their diagnosis has come, standing when jobs maybe are lost, standing when things aren't turning out like what we think, and just going back to who we know he is. The Lord is my provider. He doesn't violate who he is. I'm going to trust and I'm going to stand. And how you know you're trusting is when you can worship God in the middle of it instead of just worrying about what, what's going to happen. Going back to Ephesians real quick, I just want to talk about the power of the collective because that's something that's really big on our heart. It's in the second part of Ephesians 4, but it, yeah, the second part of Ephesians 4 talks about but speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things into him who is the head Christ. Truth in love. I feel so much tension in this right now because culture says, right now culture says, what does culture say? There are so many things swirling around. Culture says preserve yourself. Culture says preserve yourself. Culture says whatever you think is truth, whatever your opinion is, is the most right. And if you think differently than me, then I should judge you, I should demonize you, and I should cancel you. And I read this, and I'm like, um, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things, into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies. I don't know if you've done much anatomy, but our body is full of so many different parts. Even let's just talk about organs. We have lungs, thank God for lungs. They take air in and out. We have kidney, we have liver, we have the organs that, um, that clean out our systems. What if our organs only wanted to take care of themselves and only valued themselves and didn't wanna work with anybody else? Like I am just the lungs and I am the best lungs out there and I just, I'm gonna protect all the air and that's all. 
and I am the kidneys and I'm gonna do my job. If they just did that, we would be dead. But yet I see that in the church. Especially, and I'm not talking about truth. I have friends that have so much conviction. And I'm like, I see that. But then how they're treating their friends that don't act exactly like them, how they're responding politically or through COVID, they're just like, oh, they're not that. Oop, cancel them. They're wrong. I'm like, wow, you have a really, you have good truth. I can tell you are figuring this out with the Lord. But where is your love? How are we ever gonna honor Christ the head if we can never come together? And I say this because I think we're all gonna have to adjust a little. And I'm not talking about watering truth down. Please don't misunderstand me. There is this tension that I can feel in the heart of God right now. And then we're all gonna have to lean in and we have to grow up. Because the thing about growing up is it means everything's not about you. Here's my funny story. So two daughters and they're 18 months apart, 21 months apart, I line, 21 months apart. And our oldest is like nurturing, Super like excited to be the oldest and have a sibling. So she would do anything for her sister from the moment she came out. And mind you, she's only 21 months when the baby came out. It was happiest day of her life. So she would do anything for her sister. So her sister just grows up just being dawdled on, being suffocated actually too. She just carried around all the pictures. I was like, oh my gosh, poor child, like a rag doll. But her sister loved her so much. And so as Selah grew up, you would see this kind of pattern starting. And the pattern would go, oh, look, I got you guys treats. And as Selah got a little older, she could have even more treats, whether like it would be fruit snacks. And I give them to both and Selah eats hers real fast. And then she, Kennedy still has some. And Selah just screams, ah, I want, I'm like, no, you had yours. And Kennedy still has hers and she's looking at Selah. And Selah's screaming and what, I want yours. In her voice that she could, you couldn't even understand her. And can you go, here, you can have mine. And I'm like, that was really nice of you. And then it happened again. I give them each a toy, and Selah just doesn't want her toy. She only wants Kennedy's toy. And I can tell Kennedy likes her toy, but Selah throws a fit. And, and I'm like, no, no, you keep your toy. And Kennedy's like, no, she can have mine. I don't care. So Selah, you just see this pattern of is very loved and is young, and she usually gets whatever Kennedy has because she wants what Kennedy has. And finally, I'm getting a little nervous, like, oh my gosh, I have one daughter that's giving so much. And the, oh, don't talk to me, okay. And I have one daughter that's giving so much and then another one that's just taking. I'm like, oh no, a monster is being created. This is, I'm a little nervous because I love both these children and I want, one, I want them both to grow up. So I remember um, bringing home lollipops and Sayla by this time is like almost, she's like two and um, I give them their lollipops and, and Selah's like throwing a fit. She does not want hers and Kennedy's already eating hers and she likes it. And I, um, and Kennedy goes, no, no, you can have mine. You can have mine. I go, no, you keep yours. This does, you were not going to do this all the time. This is not okay. And Selah's freaking out. And I said, no, you keep yours. And Kennedy's like, please, mom, let me give it to her. No, do not give it to her. So she's crying. I walk out of the room and Selah stops crying because... Kennedy's like, here, you just have it. You can have it. So I was concerned as a parent, like, oh my gosh, what is happening? This is not good because I want both of my daughters to be healthy. Well, then like six months later, something's happening and Kennedy, we're having an exchange and she's not listening. And finally, and I go through, give her all these options. And I finally looked at her and I go, Kennedy, if you do not stop, you are going to get a spanking. And I did not spank her very much, but I just said, you're going to get a spanking. And I saw Selah come over and stand in front of her. And she said, 
don't worry, I'll protect you. And I try not to laugh. I'm like, Selah, this doesn't have anything to do with you. This is with Kennedy and I, and she needs to listen. But something inside of my heart got happy because I saw her reciprocate and to give. Because that's what happens is we, grow, we come into the world and we are to receive. Parents take care of us in an ideal world. And people care for us. And it's okay to, it's good to receive. But at some point, we should, go growing up means that we start giving and thinking of other people. We, just, we don't just become receivers. That's how you know the difference between a child. An adolescent starts taking responsibility. Starts having chores. Starts going, oh, because in the process, you start realizing, Oh, it actually takes a little bit of work to make dinner that we just eat every night. You know, it's just, it's healthy. And then as you become an adult, you take responsibilities, hopefully, hopefully, I think highly of all of us, no. Take responsibilities, but then you also become not just givers, but you care for those around you enough to serve and even host things like Thanksgiving. You guys know Thanksgiving doesn't just happen. You're like grandma just, someone's been in that kitchen a long time. And as you get older, you realize someone had, to, someone had to think about this to care for all of us. But we are called to grow up and to actually, and a big part of that process is getting our, um, increasing our ability to think of other people. And for us to live out this scripture, verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies, means we're all very valuable, even if we're different. This is important. So even if there's another Christian who loves the Lord and is following God, what if they don't think exactly like you? Does that mean they are sin and wrong or are you sin and wrong? Who's the sinner? We both are. And we're both doing our best. I know this is, this is touchy, but this has been such a, let's try and kill each other. It's like seeped in from the culture into the church. But I don't see how that honors Christ at all. But mind you, don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about watering down truth because I do not believe that we're supposed to, to water that down. Joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. That means we're taking responsibility. We're valuing each other, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself and love. You know what edifying means? It means building up. That do you know that a body in a healthy state brings healing to itself? Do you know what happens if you cut your finger? If, as long as it's clean, new skin will grow back. It's like a miracle. It's supernatural, yet, but yet it's natural. God actually created our bodies to do this. And it's the same with relationships. You might be hurt by relationships and trust is broken. And you're like, I don't want to ever trust anyone again. I'm just going to go live in an island by myself. And you go crazy. Don't do it. We're going to have to learn and let God's love, we're going to have to go through, go through the pain, have the courage to stand or to abide and to stand and to draw near to each other because that's often where the healing is going to come as well. Because sometimes in the same places that caused harm are going to cause healing because we're all people. See, they're happy too. So just talking about the tension of truth and love, because that's a big part of what causes us to grow up. And I, and I do, I want to grow in that personally more, because I know that you're going to be better if I can do that. Because if I just have truth, I'm going to hurt you. If I just have love, it's going to be a little bit shallow. But together, they are dynamic and powerful. 
And if we can build a family that has truth and love, I believe that we could work this out and that we can be a blessing, not only to each other and bring healing to each other, but that we can actually take our place in this world. And that God could learn to trust us with things because we actually don't just care about being right and having conviction, which I think is important. But what if I cared about you, why I had conviction? Maybe I might not step on you or try to cut you off at the same time because it doesn't bring honor to anyone. So let us be a place and a people that value both. I don't, I see the extremities in the church of the places that are truth, conviction, and then the other ones that are just love, acceptance, there's no wrong, maybe there's even no hell. That's in the church. Like, whoa, how did we, how we're all trying to do our best to navigate this. So Lord, grow us up. And this is what I want to, um, that I felt, and I shared it at the second service at launch, is I see us in this airplane. And it's like when you take off in an airplane, you're going down the runway, you feel the speed, you start pulling up. And, um, and I, I love looking out the window, by the way. I am that person. It's like, oh, this is amazing. I should have been a bird. No. <laughs> or whatever else lives up in the sky. And then you start going through the clouds and it's so, you start bumping around because there's air pockets and you get, you know, and then it's so bright, you have to shut your window because you're blinded. Because that's what happens when you go through the cloud layer most of the time. And then after a while, as you keep climbing up and going higher and higher, then you get into the spot above the clouds and you open up your window and it's blue sky if it's in the daytime. And you just see every, it's like a whole world on top of the clouds that's clear and peaceful. And I always think, what would it be like to run on those clouds? It would be a long fall. <laughs> but it just, there's so much clarity up there. And I think, I feel the Lord calling us up. Like, it's time to come up. And yes, there's so much stuff to navigate. There's so much confusion. There's so much opinion. That's like going through the clouds and we're trying to navigate it and doing our best. And he's saying, I want you to come up to where it's clear because then you can get my heart and my perspective. And it's very different than when you're getting bumped around in those clouds. Philippians 2, 2 through 4 says, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not out only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. See, Jesus' ways are the opposite. Culture would say, preserve self. Jesus would say, die to self. Any followers of Jesus here? We're like, hmm. And this is the one that sounds easier than it really is. It means, but I want this. Me, mine. I have passions. I have desires. Those aren't bad. But sometimes when you're saying yes to him, then you just lower yourself. See, going higher doesn't all necessarily mean that you're going to become greater. Sometimes the higher we go means the more we die to ourselves. And I'm an, advocate, I'm an advocate of living our dreams and, and having passion stuff, so please don't, please don't misunderstand me. But the higher we go, it means it's actually not all about us. We're not, we're not the ones elevated when we follow Jesus. Colossians. I wonder, sorry, I think I skipped that one over. I want to read Colossians 3. If you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above 
where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth, for you died and your life is, your life is hidden with Christ in God. If you go on to read Colossians, it's really the opposite of everything that you think about becoming great. When we're actually followers of Christ, it is about denying. And specifically when we, um, you know, I, I gave the example of our daughters. But when we're young, we're very aware of what we want, what we need. And a lot of times if those, especially a lot of those things can be really selfish too. Not necessarily, it's not bad to have needs. I don't want this to flip and be like, oh, I just live for other people. I am a nobody. That's not, we're very important and we are to be loved and cherished. But the maturity of love and cherished means that you're really good at doing that to other people. And the thing about abiding in Christ through brokenness, like when we're getting stripped, is that when we get through that and we've learned to receive his love in the nearness of God in those places, because it says that he's near to the brokenhearted. So when we experience that level of comfort, then we're able to be that for other people in the middle of brokenness. See, God's, God's gonna use it all. So we're going higher. We are, we live in a culture, but yet we are going to follow Christ. So what did Jesus do? Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That's, that's what we're going after. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. See, the, the expression of love is giving. That's when we say love and truth. That's why truth, I can make it about my conviction, what I'm doing. But love says, oh, but I actually have the ability to give and I have the ability also to, um, to lay down and let you be great or to work or just for each other. How did Jesus live? He washed his disciples' feet in John 13. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of a cross. So we're growing. And the more that we can step in, lean in, not just change, mind you, we can change, that's just part of life. Seasons change, we're gonna change. My hair is getting grayer every day, I'm changing. I color it, so you see it when I want you to see it. But I don't wanna just change, I wanna grow. I wanna grow into all he's called me to be. I wanna grow in and take my place on this planet. And I wanna grow and build a family where you look more beautiful when you're in it. Because we've learned to live beyond ourselves. Like it doesn't always have to be about me when I'm in your presence, but it also doesn't have to always be about you either. Like we have the ability to give and supply our strengths and to love on each other where love needs to be. That's what we're building. I feel, like the, I feel the future drawing us in. And we, and, and we say yes. We're thankful to be able to do it with you. What I wanna do is actually, I wanna encourage you, keep growing first, keep maturing, and let's grow beyond ourselves. Can we at least say we'll try? It's really easy. All you do is ask someone how you're doing and sit and listen to them. If you want to practice, that's one simple thing to do is give your time to them. And do you know how many people feel loved if you just listen to them? So there's an easy one. I mean, you could give them money or you could do other things too. But if you just listen to each other, 
I wanna close by praying for a few people because I could feel such tenderness in this room in the, in the pruning. And if you are all sitting here and even can, I would say, yeah, I felt like that in this last season, that stuff's been stripped, stuff's been pruned, that your comforts um, are not there like they used to be, the things, and it's not bad to have comforts, but you definitely realize when you don't have them at all. <laughs> but you always have Holy Spirit, <laughs> but it is nice to have chocolate and other things too. I mean, and then to know where you go grocery shopping and to know the people. I mean, there's just comforts in life that you just take, you just take for granted and then you realize you don't have them. You're like, oh, I know nothing. Hmm. I'm by myself. You've had success, significance, or fruit in last season, but now you don't. You're having to walk through the confusion and pain of being wronged. Something um, was unjust or unfair or just plain life isn't making sense right now. I'm gonna say a few statements. If there's any of them that you're like, ah, oh, I kind of feel the sting of that. I just wanna pray for you because I feel like the Lord, just I feel the nearness of God and that you're not to be alone right where you're at, but he actually wants to meet you right there and love on you and to take you actually closer to him and take you through this. Maybe you were wrong, wrongly accused or misunderstood. Maybe there's other things that you just feel stripped or being pruned that... Um, that you're just aware of. And I just, I want to pray for you and then just speak something over you. If that is you, you can put your hand on heart, you can stand up, I don't care. I just want you to respond. Well, let me see who the courageous ones are. No. Like, I'll put a finger on my heart. No, no. I'm gonna shame you. No, Honestly, respond however you want. I just wanna pray for you because I can feel the heart of God. And I just wanna say that you're not alone, that he is so faithful and he knows, he knows what you're going through. He knows your heart and he's gonna use this all for your good. So I just speak that over you right now, that God is gonna use it all and that in this time where it feels like things are being taken from you, he's actually causing your roots to go deeper. So right now I bless your roots. I bless your roots to go deeper in God that you could receive from God, you could receive love like no other season in your life. I pray that you just bless your roots to, um, to soak up all the nutrients that God is providing for you. Because you know that he's always providing a table for you, Psalms 23, that even in the presence of your enemies, that there's a table before you. That is your God. So I speak provision over you. And I just bless, I bless you with strength, courage, endurance. And I want to read James 1 over you. And James 1 is a good scripture, but it's one that you only learn in seasons that you're going through right now. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, endurance, or perseverance is what it stands for. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, meaning mature, and complete, lacking nothing. See, God is preparing you for the future right now. So I just want to say, be encouraged right now because it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And I say that it is good even though it hurts. I say that it is good because God is going to work it out for your good. So I bless you, everyone right now who's standing and I thank you, God, for your provision. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for just the person of the Holy Spirit. And I just ask, God, that you would um, be with them and them with you. Let it be a time of intimacy and abiding 
where you take them deeper in your trust. Yeah, so I bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's talk. If you're interested in learning more about Studio here in Greenville, you can go check out our website, studiogreenville.com. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram. Our handle is studio.greenville. Have a great week, everyone.